Game of Thrones Season 5 is over, but we're just getting started here live after the finale on the Game of Thrones Live on Post Show Recaps. And now here are the two guys who have no shame. I'm Rob Sister, here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, oh my God. How often do people follow you around uh, just ringing bells saying shame, 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 Rob? I imagine it happens infrequently. But... It still happens. It, it's been known to happen. You do have a bell. It's been known to happen. And Josh, here we are. Season five is in the books. And are we out of the books, Josh? We are mostly out of the books. I would say we are like 99.9% like out of the books at this point. There's, there's minor stuff from the books that have not made it onto the show. There are things that happen in the books that I don't know that we will ever see on the show, but maybe we'll see on the show. That stuff... We don't know. Um, there are certain characters who aren't a hundred percent of the way to their end point in the books, but they only have a tiny bit left to go. By and large, we're all on the same page at this point. Wow, what a night on Game of Thrones! And we had deaths, we had just unforgettable scenes, things that will just stick with you for years in this episode. Like, and like knives to the gut. Oh my God. So, so much to talk about. Very happy you guys are here with us live. We also have our chat room open here on postshowrecaps.com and so much to get to, Josh. Very excited to be here with you to talk about everything from tonight and season five. Yeah, uh, it was it was a big one. I have been waiting for this for a long, long time to talk about a lot of the events that happened in this episode. And Rob, let's just begin with the big one. Um, Ollie, best character on the show? You know, Josh, we do our weekly feedback show <laughs> and we take emails. And there was a question of, you know, in what way do you want Ollie to die? And I was very clear on that show, you know... Look, I'm not a bad person, or I'm at least let's just go with that. And I don't want Ollie to die. I mean, Ollie, he's just a kid. I want him right. to just be off the show, maybe fall off the wall. Fine. Ollie can die now. Ollie can Ollie die. Aaron. F you, Ollie. F you, Ollie. Can we ring the bell at Ollie? Shame, 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 shame. 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 Ollie. Oh, man. Ollie. Screw you, Ollie. Screw you, Ollie. No, but seriously, but we'll get, you're not even on the watch. We'll get into all of the screw you, Ollie, of it all in, in a little bit. But what, let's tackle the big headline here, Rob. Jon Snow, stabby, stabby, stabbied by the, the Brothers of the Night's Watch, appears to be dead. What's your take right now? What are you thinking? I've known that this was coming for a while now. What are your thoughts on, on how all this played out? Yeah, it's really a terrible blindside for Jon Snow. Very bigger, bigger blindside, bigger blindside. This with Jon Snow or Arya becoming blind uh, in Bravos (laughs) to us or literally a blindside. I think that's literally a blindside. Yeah. Tough night for the Starks, except for maybe Sansa. Even still a difficult night, at least. Difficult, a tricky difficult. night. But let's 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 keep talking through John. Big blind side. Uh, I am I am watching the internet break in half right now, and it's uh, it's a it's a it's a sad night. It's a, it's a difficult night right now. It's really a tough night after this all happens with everything with with John Snow, and they tell him like, oh hey John, great news, your Uncle Benjamin. Uh, we got some. We got a lead on that case. Like oh great, let me come right down. That and was amazing. Then, that was that was epic trolling on the part of the previously on because in the previously 
Theon, seeing Benjen Stark in the mix again, you're like, oh my god, is Benjen Stark actually going to reappear in this episode? As far as I know, in the books, he has not shown up yet. Uh, so I was very excited because the, the show has done things that are very different from the books this season. They've fast-forwarded plot lines. They've made big departures here and there. I thought Benjen Stark was going to show up as some somehow in, involved in this big scene with Jon. Um, but, but no... It was just it was just to throw us all off so that we would all be blindsided by what happens to John. And I thought that was a very mean prank indeed. Yeah, it was a double troll also because they bring Syria Pharrell into the previously on right. also. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just to get us uh, reminded of why Arya hates Marin Trant so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jon Snow is stabbed and is gone and I, it's a hard pill to swallow tonight. Hard, hard pill to swallow. All right. So we could talk openly about this now because I am, I am only as knowledge about this stuff as, as you are at this point. I mean, I've read, I've had more time to deal with this information than you have, Rob. I have uh, had a couple of years to let this sink in. The fact that Jon Snow was going to get betrayed by the Night's Watch uh, and appear to die. Uh, but I say appear to die. There is a lot of chatter amongst fans. There's been a lot of fans theories and you know chalk it up to maybe people having too much time on their hands or the fact that there is actual legitimate reason to think that john might be able to come back from this um, but there is a lot of talk in the fan communities lots of theories going around that john snow will survive what happens in this episode so all hope is not lost yeah i think you would probably pin those hopes on Melisandre being at the wall back here for all of this stuff that's going to go on. But I feel like on Melisandre, I really am starting to wonder if she's just kind of a charlatan. Yeah. I mean, we saw her have actual powers back in season two, but since then, I don't really know what she's done. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, she's probably wondering the same thing. You know, she she had this this major, uh, you know, premonition that Stannis Baratheon is the rightful king and all of this destiny and everything like that. And if we sacrifice Shireen, we will see the Boltons burn to the ground and all of this stuff. And she was wrong. Uh, it did not work out for Stannis. You know, Stannis had one of the one of the worst nights of anybody on this show. Uh, you know, losing his his wife, losing his army, and then apparently losing his life as well. Um, and Melisandre, when she returns to the Wall, she looks like she has um, you know every single thing that she thought to be right was wrong. Uh, so I think that the doubts that you have about Melisandre are doubts that she has as well. Yeah. So for Melisandre, this was kind of a crazy night. Like she, we believe, she believes that killing off Shireen last week is going to bring the Lord of Light back into the mix. At what point does she realize that, oh, this is bad for me. I got to get out of here. Once that she sees that half the men have mutinied. Yeah, it seems like that is that is a big loss. And I think that once um, once she sees Salisa hanging and all of that stuff, I mean, it just it was very clearly just bad news. Better better book it out of here as soon as I can. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. But no, Mel- Melisandre being at the wall uh, is, is an interesting thing. Uh, someone someone I don't have have his handle in front of me right right now, but someone tweeted at us. Uh, Isn't it convenient that a red priestess shows up at the wall right around the same exact time that Jon Snow gets stabbed to death? Uh, we have seen followers of the Lord of Light breathe life back into people 
in the past. Beric Dondarrion has been killed like a thousand times and Thoros of Mir has brought him back. So we've seen that before. We haven't seen Melisandre use that skill in the past. We don't know if that's in her arsenal, but maybe it's possible. And that has been a theory that a lot of people have had over the years that Melisandre would be the one uh, who could possibly bring Jon Snow back from what happens to him here. Um, but the the you know that we we don't know we don't know for sure and the fact that Melisandre had left the wall for a while this season had a lot of people worrying like oh maybe that's not actually what's going to happen but the fact that she returned in the finale I think has kind of revved up those theories at least for me so uh, all I'm saying is I it certainly looks horrible for Jon Snow uh, and I have no idea whether or not this is permanent but there's a lot of reason to believe that he still has more business to do on the show there's so much going on with the White Walkers and Jon is the eyes and ears on that storyline and we have seen people come back from the dead on this show before, whether through a red priestess bringing you back or a white Walker uh, resurrection of some variety. So reason to believe that this is not the end for Jon Snow. And if I had to put money on it, I would say Jon Snow remains a big part of the story moving forward. Won't this be a pretty easy thing to track as we find out if Kit Harrington is in the yes. cast for season six? Yeah, it's already a fairly easy thing to track because he hasn't cut his hair off uh, in media appearances. And I believe that Kit Harrington is contractually obligated to have Jon Snow hair. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it feels pretty good that Jon Snow will come back from this. But who knows? We'll see. Are you going to watch his tennis uh, documentary on uh, HBO? Yeah. What's it called? Seven Days in Hell? Yeah. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Of I course, think it looks very funny. Yeah. Well, maybe you and I we can do a we can do a poster recap special. Yeah, on between it. Game of Thrones and yeah. Saturday Night Live, it's a real uh, Venn diagram intersection. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Jon Snow is there with Melisandre and also with Davos, but if you take Stannis out of the picture, and then obviously Davos is going to be loyal to Stannis and mad at Melisandre, it feels like if Jon Snow was around, then you would think he could bro down with Davos and get the hell out of there. But if Melisandre brings him back, you would think that they would be sort of a pair, but they're not going to want to hang out with Davos. How do you see that potentially reconciling itself with Davos? How is Davos going to kind of get back in the mix? I don't really know. Um, Davos is a is a tricky one. And I mean, he he has this deep abiding loyalty to Stannis, who is no longer here. And Stannis, uh, who did such a dreadful thing uh, in in the time before uh, what appears to be his demise, at least. Um, I think how how Davos is going to fit in to all of this. Hard to say. Really, really tough to say. Davos on the show is different. Um where he is story-wise than he is in the book. So I can't possibly predict um, other than to say, I think that Davos, uh, Davos and Melisandre, I don't see those two getting along. So the two of them together uh, seems dicey to me, but maybe, you know, weirder alliances have been formed. And if, if, um, if, if the circumstances call for it, maybe they can put their differences aside. We'll see. So do you think it's possible if Jon Snow does come back that he will come back and then first order of business will be to throw Ollie off the wall? I sure hope so. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, Man, poor... That was was rough. The whole for the watch, for the watch. Uh, Just the way that that unfolded was really, really, really horrible. Yeah. So are we giving people false hope, Josh, on Jon Snow? I don't think so. Um, I really don't think so. To the point that, you know... uh, 
a dance with dragons which is book five it's the it's the fifth book uh in in the series that george R. R. martin has written it's the most recently published book uh that was in 2011 when the book came out um and george R. R. martin has given interviews in in the years since then and he has never outright said one way or the other if Jon Snow is alive or dead. I think that the question has been put to him uh, with, with an interviewer who once um, just straight up assumed that Jon Snow was dead in, in asking the question. I think George R. R. Martin said something like, oh, that's what you think? That's interesting. Uh, so either that's just George R. R. Martin trolling the hell out of people uh, now or there's something to it. I think, that, I think that there's something to it. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on in the Jon storyline that really needs John there. And I, I don't think it's false hope. I real I mean, if it's false hope, then I'm getting my own hopes up. I really think that we will. That see would be typical that. game of Thrones to get you to do that. It would, it would. And I mean, we've certainly seen the show dispense of highly, highly regarded protagonists before in the Stark family, no less. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that this is what it is. And Jon Snow is just bleeding to death and is, is gone uh, when season six picks up. I really don't think that will be the case. I think Jon Snow is going to come back. For Game of Thrones, Jon Snow had a very un gory and Game of Thronesy death. Like typically we see a throat slit or a head cut off or eyes gouged out or, you know, just some stabs to the stomach. You feel like if there was going to be a way that you were going to bring him back from that, it seems like he could get over it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he got stabbed a lot. <laughs> he did get stabbed a That's lot. True. Uh, he got stabbed multiple, multiple, multiple times. And there was a lot, a lot, a lot of blood and not a lot of movement uh, on, on his person uh, at the end. It doesn't look like he's alive. What I'm saying is I don't know that he will be dead forever. Okay. Mostly dead. Mostly dead. He is at the very best. He is mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. Yeah. Not all the way dead. Not all the way dead. I don't think. Okay. So we could just keep going on and on about Jon Snow tonight. Just to close out what's going on at the wall. Jon also sends Sam off to the Citadel. Yes. Uh, Sam is going to the Citadel. He is going to go to Old Town and become a maester. He's going to bring Gilly with him and little Sam. Uh, he left the wall just in time because you got to imagine that Sam would not have survived this night. Um, and I mean, if there is resurrection in Jon Snow's future, I wouldn't expect there would be the same thing for Samuel Tarly. Yeah. So Sam is off. He's at the Citadel. I liked when John and Sam were talking and John was like, you know, Sam, they're going to make you give up women at the Citadel. He's like, I'd like to see them. Yeah, try. they can try. They can try. That's not going to happen, but they can do their best. Oh, my. Uh, Sam, Sam, the Slayer, man. He is Sam, the player. Now, uh, you're not going to you're not going to get between Sam and Gilly. That's just not happening anymore. Okay, then we got to talk about this Cersei stuff and the atonement and the mother's mercy and the high sparrow. F the high sparrow too, Josh. Yeah, of course. F the high sparrow. That guy is a real righteous prick. Yeah. And he makes Cersei do this real walk of shame, a, a literal walk of shame for Cersei. A literal walk of shame for Cersei. Uh, it was it was a brutal, brutal scene. Um, Lena Headey, the actress who plays Cersei Lannister, this was something that we got questions about in our in our uh, feedback shows in the run up, the road to Westeros that we did before season uh, season five began, of just how maybe she doesn't get enough appreciation for the work that she does. Um, Lena Headey tonight. That's one of uh, that was one of the 
boldest appearances, performances that we've seen from anybody on this show. That was on television. Really, yeah, it was it was really, really amazing stuff, but just a, a horrible, horrible scene, which is par for the course of Game of Thrones. Is that Emmy material tonight? Wouldn't be surprised. She's been nominated for an Emmy before. Um, you know, she was really great this season. Uh, and this final scene especially was just uh, really terrific work. Uh, lo- lots going on there. Lot- a huge range of emotions and the bravery with which she pulled that scene off, um, which was a very controversial scene in real life. I, I-, I hope that people were mostly able to, to dodge this, but uh, weeks and weeks and months ago even, um, before the season premiered, there was a lot of talk about how there was a controversial scene involving nudity and a church on Game of Thrones this season, uh, and the show is coming under fire for that, and this was the scene. Um, so it, it's been a, a scene that's been talked about for a very long time, expected by fans for a long time, um, and I thought uh, executed really, really, really well. Um, just, you know, gut-wrenching, sickening stuff, and just a fantastic performance from Lena Headey. Yeah, and I thought she pulled it off with the short hair. But she had like a, a Robin Wright thing going on. Yeah, right. She's uh, she's a real Claire Underwood, Cersei Underwood. Uh, no, she looks good. She looks good with the short hair. I don't like the way that she got it, uh, no. but the, but the but the do the do works. But even they they tried to make her look bad, and I still feel that she pulled off the short hair. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but um, the scene is is just so re- really really brutal, and it went on and on and on. I mean, I didn't have a stopwatch, but what's that like? Five minutes, six minutes of that. I don't know if it was it was quite that long. Maybe it felt that long. It, it felt long. It felt long, and I'm and I'm glad. I mean, that's a long walk from the sept of uh, of Baylor to um to uh, the Red Keep. You know, that's a that's a that's a stretch, and you see that on the show. And she's like looking up at the Red Keep. She's like, I gotta go that far. Oh God. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't just yada yada through it. I think that it's a really uncomfortable scene to watch, but I think the power of it is just how much distance she has to travel, how much she has to endure to keep going, you know, seeing her feet just like blood red, uh, totally beaten up. I I think you really needed to be lingering on that stuff for a while for it to really, you know, really impact you. I mean, this is a character who we've talked about, Rob, as, you know, Cersei Lannister, not the most likable person on the show. And that's putting it nicely. You know, she is uh, she has been a real villain in many regards. She has, um, you know, been responsible for a lot of death, a lot of people getting betrayed and ruined. Um, it's hard sometimes, if not most of the time, to like Cersei and be on Cersei's side. So it's a real tough act to get the viewer to to really feel a lot of um, sympathy, empathy for for Cersei Lannister. And I think that the way that they shot this scene and what they put the character through and the way that Lena Headey portrayed it, I think it worked. I think they really pulled it off. Yeah, they finally did it, Josh. We got some sympathy for Cersei finally after five seasons. It's the episode. They did it. it, They did it. But you're not just being sarcastic, right? I mean, I feel like being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you felt really bad for her. Yeah, yeah you did. You absolutely Brutal did. Brutal scene. Uh, but um, there, there's uh, you know, there's a silver lining there, isn't there? Uh, at the at the very end of this thing, she's back in the Red Keep. She reunites with Maester Kyburn, and she's got a new friend. Yeah, we got a new friend, a new member of the Kingsguard. It is the reanimated, or I don't know if the mountain was ever dead, but we have the new version of the mountain. 
It certainly seems that way. Uh, whatever was underneath the sheet, which uh, you got to imagine was the mountain. Um, that guy is is up and at him and is not talking, has taken a vow of silence. I, I wonder how much he would have to say, to be honest with you. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he'd be a great conversationalist. That was great. More of that guy, please. Can we get a a webisode about what's going on there? I think that would be great. I think that would be great. Uh, I saw I saw some people tweeting uh, uh, earlier. What if that's Hodor? What if that's where Hodor has been? What if Hodor is the guy underneath the mask? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But that'd be kind of funny. It could be Bran. Bran's pretty tall. Yeah, now that being said, what is going to stop Cersei from now? Okay, let's get the gold cloaks together. Let's get whatever troops we have together and let's just go take out the High Sparrow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> there might not be anything to stop her from doing that. Uh, you know, she, she very well could pull the trigger and just, just let loose at this point. It's entirely possible. She's been, uh, she has been greatly shamed, literally shamed by these people. She's back in the red keep. Now we've seen Cersei act drastically in the past. Um, there's no reason to believe that that's not at least a possibility. Yeah, it looked like at one point, you know, it was going to be eventually her like going through and and trying to get back on the right side of this. But you could tell when she was lying about what was going on with Jamie that she's just like, let me just say what I have to say to get out of here. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it de- it definitely felt that way. So uh, there's definitely still a lot of Cersei Lannister left. You know, there's a lot of that cunning, uh, willing, willing to deceive. That person still exists in there. So uh, I think that when when we come back to Game of Thrones, I think we're going to see her up to her old tricks uh, pretty quickly. That would be my guess. Okay, so many different places that we could go next. Let's go to Winterfell and let's talk about the final downfall of Stannis. Boy, uh, the Stannis storyline took uh, took four seasons. We met him in season two. Stannis presumably dead. I have people tweeting me, Josh. Uh, Stannis is alive, right? We didn't see him dead. Stannis has is, is got to be dead here, right? Um, honestly, it, this is a shock to me. Uh, in in the you know they've they've done different things on the show than they have in the books. This has not happened happened to Stannis in the books. A lot of people think that the Stannis material might be fast forwarded on the show. Could be book spoilers at this point. Who really knows? But as far as I've read, this has not happened in the books. But having said that, um, Brienne has every reason in the world to kill Stannis Baratheon and has basically no reason to spare his life. Yeah, you don't see the sword go through him, but hard to come up with a reason for why she would spare him. Um, can can you think of a reason why she would spare Stannis in that moment? No, other than the fact that he wasn't a total jerk. But I mean, she swings the sword and we cut away from it. I feel like and on the other end of the shot, we see somebody, you know, we see Ramsey, you know, sw- swinging his sword and killing somebody. Right. I, I think that editing wise, I think that's shorthand for Stannis. Got it. We just didn't see it. I, I agree with you. I think that Stannis is dead. Uh, I think I don't really know what the value would be in having Brienne show up and have this moment where she maybe sort of could have killed Stannis and didn't. Like, I, I just I don't see 
what value that would bring to the table at all. I think that she went through with it. I think that's it for Stannis. And that's sad. That's sad. The, the Manus is gone. Uh, he was, you know, he was a, a real awful guy in his final couple of episodes. He here, had a good but, run. But, but, you know, he was, he was always, um, he was, he was a compelling character at least. So it's, uh, you know, that's one less king in the running for the Iron Throne with Stannis out of the picture. He had a good run. And so horrible now, final day. Yeah. yeah wow. 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 Bad day. That was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. For yeah, and it starts off pretty good because the ice is melting. You say, okay, maybe we got something here. Maybe right. you know, this was a tough pill to swallow, but the Lord of Light is going to come through and there were puddles and there were icicles melting, but then the cell sores were gone. Solis got hanged and uh, then Melisandre took off. Right. Um, I I think um, the the part where where he's like, all right, tell me the other bad news. Can't be worse than mutiny. I just I thought that was fantastic because it gets worse than mutiny. Apparently, yeah. Never say it can't be worse. Can't be worse than mutiny. You are wrong. <laughs> yeah, you are wrong. Yeah. Why'd they have to do that to his wife? Um. Well, it seems like she did that to herself. Oh, she did it to herself. That that was my takeaway. From oh, uh, I thought I, it was the cell swords that left. Did it. No, I thought that she, it seemed okay. to me that, um, that she committed suicide out of grief and uh, all of the horrible things that she uh, agreed to do with Shireen. It seemed to me like that was what had happened. I didn't, I didn't read it as people murdered her, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm reading her up. No, I think what you're saying is makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, but and yeah, so- that, was, that was tough. That was, that was a very horrible final day for Stannis. Yeah, and then the Boltons ultimately storm Stannis and his forces, and uh, that's it. That's it. That's did you it. Feel that's like, Josh, <laughs> did you feel that they cheaped out on the battle between Stannis and the Boltons? That there was no money left in the budget after yeah, the last two weeks? Yeah, I feel like they feel, it felt like they blew their battle budget on Hard Home. Uh, it feels like that was where the battle budget went this season. Um, I, I think that it, it was it was a cool idea though in a way in in you know yeah of course you would like to see epic battle that sounds great uh but given where stannis is in that moment in time there really isn't any epic battle to show stannis's army has been halved if not more you know by people who have turned their backs stannis's army is super weak from the cold and not having food and all that stuff um and the boltons are many and they are nourished and they are ready and they have the advantage of of surprise so there's really not going to be an epic battle to be had the the conclusion seems pretty set in stone um so to kind of just fast forward from the armies colliding and then just going into like the the ruined woods with stannis limping along i actually kind of liked that i thought that that was you know you you don't typically yada yada through the good part uh i don't think that they did i think they yada yada to to the good part i think that the final scene with stannis that was the best that we were going to get from this big battle okay inside the walls of winterfell we had where we we saw uh, Sansa running for it, trying to get up to there, and you know what dumb luck that a second after Brienne moves away, that's when she gets the candle lit. That was awful. <laughs> She's like, "Come on, Brienne, you've been there for three weeks at least, and now you move, and the candle shows up. Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. worst luck. Unbelievable. Such stark luck. Classic Stark move. <laughs> and so we then see where Sansa's trying to get back 
into her bedroom without anybody noticing. And then, okay. And then of course there was a, you know, Chekhov's corkscrew from a couple of weeks ago where we said, what was that thing that Sansa picked up? Right. It's a lock pick apparently. Yes. Corkscrew in her way out. She got busted by Miranda. Total Miranda. What a Miranda. What a Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. And what's she going to do? She wants to start like shooting bows and arrow through different parts of Sansa. She has spent way too much time with Ramsey, this woman. Uh, she, yeah, she's looking to maim Sansa. She's, uh, she says that San- they need Sansa because she's, you know, she's the warden of Winterfell's heir and all of this stuff. And she can provide an heir to Ramsey. Uh, so she needs to be left alive, but only the stuff that is involved in making children. You know, she can be maimed. She can, she can be shot with arrows and all of this stuff. Uh, so that is what Miranda is up to and good on Theon giving her the, the good old Darth Vader treatment. That was, that was pretty good stuff. Uh, the Darth Vader V Emperor Palpatine moment. I liked quite a bit. Yeah. So he knocks Miranda off the balcony and then they got to run for it and they are, they jump off the wall of Winterfell and then we cut away. I, I just didn't love that as a stopping point for where, where we do that. It seems like very much to have them like it's literally like a cliffhanger moment of they jump off the off a roof. Right. And then are they going to are they going to we don't even see if they land or not. Yeah. What if they just like fell and broke their necks? Yeah, <laughs> just, like there's no chance that happened. Uh, that they just fell and broke their necks. <laughs> yes. Can I just ask a question? And don't answer me if the answer is that you already know. But did they? Did this happen in the books yet? Um. Yes. Okay. But okay. I mean, Sansa's not in Winterfell in the books, but Theon and the person who is in the, in the Sansa role that happens in the books. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess hopefully there's a you know few feet of snow on the ground. You would hope so. <laughs> you certainly would. Otherwise, two other main characters just went splat. Um, I would like to think that that is not what happened. But as for where they are going from here, that's that's uh, TBD in season six. Uh, but yeah, that, that is definitely a big cliffhanger to leave those two on. No idea where they're going from there. Yeah, no idea. All right. So let's talk about Marcella and uh, boy. Wow. Damn it, Dorn. You yeah. did it again. You, you did, did it, it again. You did it again. What, once I saw that kiss, though, I said, oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah, you knew that that was going to be trouble. We've already we've set up poison with the sand snakes and with all the people in Dorne. That's been established. And you have Alaria Sand, who has seemingly you know become contrite about everything that happened, and she seems to be on on the same page as Prince Doran. Uh, but yeah, when she plants a wet one on Marcella, you just know that something horrible is about to happen. Yeah. And so then Jamie and her have this great scene and that's such a nice moment. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I know. Were you surprised at how quickly she accepted uh, that he is her father and she's totally cool with being the product of incest? It, that didn't bother me. You know, it, seems, it seems like she's had a while to, to think about it. Like, yeah. It seems like she's like, listen, dad, I've got ears. I've heard the rumors. Yeah, it's not like, uh, you know, Bobby Baratheon is like the greatest dad you'd ever want to have. Right. And I think that's basically what she's saying. She's like, I'm glad you're my dad and not Bobby B. That guy was a real jerk. That guy was not that great. He was but, not. Yeah, very upsetting. And it just leaves a, another bad taste in my mouth about Dorn. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, what what do we think? What's you know we're we're still sailing away from season five right now. We we you know w- w- these are just knee jerk impressions. We'll have more time to think about this and chew on everything as we get to the feedback show and all the other coverage we're going to do in the wake of season five. So we've got time to really think about it. But right now, gut check, Rob. Thumbs down on Dorn, right? Yeah, nothing. What was the best Dorn moment of the season? I mean. Jamie stopping the sword with a gold hand. That was great. That was actually legitimately great, but that was basically the one. Yeah, that was the one. But that was, that was, I'm not saying it was even a bad, a bad scene, but I just like, I really don't like hilarious sand. And then that whole, that whole thing. Cause Marcella seems like, again, she's like the normal Lannister. She's like the nice one. Well, her and Tommen are both pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but what, you know, that, that was, um, ooh, that was, that was a difficult thing. That was a difficult thing. Showed up in this episode too. That would have been nice. Maybe at the end to give his mom a hug. Yeah. You would certainly so. could have needed it. Yeah. He was too upset. He had to hide in his room the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> He's hanging out with Sir Pounce. Yeah. So w- what do you think are the ramifications? Now we can finally get your take on things. I mean, wh- what do you think that this means in the scheme of things now that when we Jamie comes back and Marcella is dead. Well, the Dorn story is very different. Again, a lot of things are really different on the show than the books this season. The Dorn story is really different. So I'm as in the dark as anybody else on, on how this is going to play out. Can't imagine it's going to play out. Well, uh, you got to imagine that, um, you know, Jamie's no dummy. He's going to know that there's foul play. Uh, you do wonder, is he just going to turn, right around and sail straight back to Dorne and we're going to get immediate Jamie Lannister and Dorne again in season six. I hope not. I think that that's enough. Um, but you got to imagine that the Lannisters and the Martells are really going to uh, go at it. And what's interesting is, you know, Jamie has Tristane in his possession right now. Right. Jamie, Jamie has Prince Doran's son. Um, so this could, this could really escalate very quickly and could be very bad for everybody involved. Yeah, you would think that Bronn is going to turn around, that he's going to take, you know, Tristane captive. They're going to get back to King's Landing, and now they're going to have one of the princes of Dorne there under their uh, captivity. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, this is obviously, this was, uh, this was hilarious and going rogue. Uh, and you got to imagine that Prince Doran is going to be very upset about this. Uh, but there's really, you know, there's really no walking this back. It seems like Doran has painted themselves into a pretty bad corner. Uh, and you got to imagine that this is going to lead to uh, some serious fisticuffs are going to happen between the Lannisters and the Martells. All right, let's talk about the Arya stuff, Josh. And uh, such a badass scene where Arya ends up killing Maren Trant. But then some really crazy stuff happens when she gets back to the House of Black and White. Yeah. Can we just take a little bit of time to dwell on the badass part first? Uh, Because that was one of the most insanely disgusting things I've seen on the show, I feel like. Yeah, it was really brutal. Which part? You're talking about the Marin Trant part or yeah, Arya the, killing Marin Trant? Yeah, the, everything with Marin Trant. You know, Marin, Marin Trant and his his taste for for little girls is just terrible, and him punching them and hitting them and everything. And then Arya just like completely just like ninja assassinating the yeah. shit out of him. Now, uh, Josh, can you tell me how was that stuff in the source material? Um, there, this the the Arya stuff is combining some stuff from the source material. But the um, Marin Trant and the and the brothel and that stuff is that from the source material? 
Not, not exactly. No, because I felt um, like that. Look, we already got Marin Trant is a bad guy, and then it just felt like over the top for me to not only we he's already a bad guy, but he doesn't, and he's already on top of that. He's not only is going to brothels and look going to bring him the youngest women that they have there or young girls, right? So that he can have them in the brothel, and then on top of that, then he's beating young young women prostitutes. Like to me, it was just like okay, we got it like we yeah. don't need to like really yeah, these people it. on this show are horrible <laughs> how much oh further God. do we really a bad, need to uh, a bad guy we didn't need yeah. like it felt like they're really like and, and if if like if that's what george R. R. martin wrote and you know whatever you know i'll def- i'll defer to him it's his story but for right. this it was just like laying it on a little thick yeah well i think you know for for the sake of the show and 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 it's different from you know there's different people involved in the books and in the way that this transpires um but but aria taking marin trant out like this i think like yeah you hate him for killing Sirio pharrell and other things that he's done but i guess you really just want like an extra reason to really loathe this guy to the point that when Arya is killing him the way that she kills him as viciously as she does by stabbing him in the eyes and stabbing him everywhere 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 uh and it just and like you know gagging him and making him impossible to scream like it was just so thoroughly violent um, at, at such a like insane Tarantino level of violence that I think you you really I think you really want to hate this guy if you're going to really be rooting for Arya in this moment. So I think that's that's got to be part of the point of why they did it. And it certainly they they sold it. I mean, you don't feel a, even a little bit bad for Marin Trant as he's on his way out the door. No, you don't. Okay, so then we yeah. go back to the house of black and white. She's putting the face back. I didn't know that you actually have to like borrow a face to go and do what they're doing at the house. Of black yeah, white. I guess that's how it works. I guess you just take a face off the wall and you got to return it when you're done. Like, are they literally putting a face on? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it looks like it. It looks like that's how they're doing it. It's like a, it's like the Mission Impossible masks. So, like, when Jake and Hagar is at Hiron Hall in season two, he has all these other faces with him. Yeah, uh, it seems like he just like travels with a pouch of faces. And how do they hold up? You would think that the faces would like rip and stuff. Uh, I don't know. The mechanics of it are a mystery to us all. <laughs> Very confusing, especially like they have different hair. I, I don't get it. Yeah. But okay, that being said, so Arya gets busted trying to bring that. I don't know how she thought she was getting away with this. Yeah, well, Arya is very cavalier. You know, she's she's endured a lot of horrible things. She has survived um, really difficult situations and always seems to come out of it okay. So I guess she's just kind of she's feeling confident right now. She's feeling good. She's feeling confident. And so they, she's busted. And then the only way to pay for life is with death or, for, or pay for death is with another life. And then it looks like Jake and Hagar is going to poison her, but then he poisons himself. And then he's not actually Jake and Hagar. He's actually Aria too. Can you talk me through anything that happened in that scene? Um, no, <laughs> not, not really. No, uh, it was as mystifying to me as it was to you. Uh, the, the net result of course, is that she, by the end of it is blind. Um, you know, she's saying, I can't see, I can't see. And how that happened. Your guess is as good as mine. He, he drinks the poison, uh, appears to die, then a- appears behind her and suddenly she can't see. Um, all, all you know is that this season for Arya has ended with her unable to see anymore. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, she, she's one of the characters that has a tiny bit more to do in the books than we've seen on the show. Okay, got uh, it. So there's a little bit more that, that I know about that, that I, I won't speak to, but um, uh, not a ton, not a ton. Yeah. Boy, the prospect of a blind Arya Stark is going to be t- tough to go by. Listen, I mean, you can you can you can maim these Starks, and for the most part, they're still pretty great. You know, um, Bran is is crippled right away when we meet him, and he uh, you know rebounds from that with the ability to warg into dire wolves and into into Hodor's and what have you. Um, so who knows? Maybe this will open up some secret ninja powers for Arya. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, that scene ends then with uh, Arya. You've uh, say, or that scene ends with Jake and Hagar saying to someone uh, because she's not no one. The faces are as good as poison. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it because she's um, she's violated the rules, so the the mask backfired. Oh my god! Oh my god! Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Backfire or or not see in the case of Arya. Okay, so then uh, we have to talk about Danny also and everything going on and Marine. And so we actually have a pretty good setup, I think, here in Marine, where we are going to have where Dario and Jorah are going to go out and look for Danny. Yeah. And then we're going to have Tyrion and Varys back together. Yeah, backing Grey Worm and Missande. Yeah, I like this. It's the, probably the best Marine setup that we can get. Yeah, uh, is is a Tyrion and Varys power duo backing uh, Grey Worm and Missande uh, and trying to keep the peace here in Meereen. You know, it's just nice to see Tyrion and Varys back together. That's for sure. Yeah, and eventually, I feel like this sets up that Danny can walk away from Meereen and leave Grey Worm and Missande as king and queen of Meereen and move on. That would be spectacular. That would be the best thing for everybody involved. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like she got too far. Uh, you know, we check in, we check in with Danny and, you know, she's surrounded by these, like, you know, these great grassy, hilly place. Uh, you, th- you think that maybe she's, it, it looked a little Westeros-ish to me. Didn't it look that way to you? Yeah, I didn't think that they flew across the sea, but, but know, there was like does, a, yeah. there was a brief moment of hope of like, could she be in Westeros? But mm-hmm. no, she's just still in Essos and she's surrounded by some Dothraki people. Okay. Now the Dothraki come and they surround her, Josh. Now tell again, stop me if you if you can't say this. Now, do these Dothraki know who she is, or are they just excited that they found somebody? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would guess that they, that they probably know if, if they don't know yet, they're going to know pretty quickly who she is. Uh, you know, Danny is a known quantity among many of the Dothraki, I think, uh, is a known quantity among many of the people in this part of the world. I think that they'll figure it out. Uh, as for whether or not they know right now, I'm not sure. Okay. And are they anti Daenerys? Um, it depends. I mean, it's not like Khal Drogo was the one guy for all of the Dothraki. We've seen Dothraki challenge each other before. Uh, so maybe they're, you know, maybe these are people who are high on Khal Drogo and are therefore going to feel pretty good about Daenerys. Uh, or maybe these are people who are out on Khal Drogo and are not going to feel so good about Daenerys. So it really could go either way. It really just depends. Uh, it's, it's entirely up in the air with these guys. Yeah, why, what do the Dothraki want with her? 
I don't know. Um, I think I, I wonder what the big takeaway is with this. Um, you know, this is where we leave Danny in the fifth book. So where she moves on from here, we can only speculate. Um, but I, I, you got to think that, you know, Danny with a dragon nearby and now being surrounded by a bunch of Dothraki and she's been able to rally Dothraki forces behind her in the past. She's surrounded by a sheer, you know, vast number of, of uh, highly talented soldiers right now. You got to imagine that these are going to be people that are going to ultimately be on her side. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that she is going to be able to just bolster her forces with this giant uh, army of Dothraki. Yeah. Or it could go the other way and she's going to be a captive for the entirety of season six. Oh my God. But I mean, that's sort of her skill set as she sort of walks away from all these situations with a lot of people on her side, with the exception of Marine, where right. it started off good. But yeah, I, th- I think she's, sour. yeah, I think she's got a proven track record of uh, turning these situations in her favor. Uh, like you said, I think Marine is the big swing in the miss. Uh, I feel good about her ability to get these people on her side. And I think, you know, if the, if the ultimate plan is to get, Danny to Westeros, which man, if that's not the ultimate plan, and we've been watching this whole show, and Danny never shows up to Westeros. You got to imagine that she's got to show up with a decent sized army, and this is only making her her following um, that much bigger if she can if she can swing these people to her side. Okay, the ring. A lot of people are asking about the ring, Josh. What did that mean to you? I don't know what that meant to me. I was going to ask you if you thought that there was any significance to the to the ring that she had. Well, you know, I happened to take a look at the inside look that uh, the show creators do on HBO.com. And I watched that. I I watched most of about seven or eight minutes of it before we came on tonight. And they actually mentioned that she drops the ring. So in case people are trying to find her, it's a little bit of like a Hansel and Gretel thing. Oh, Okay. So at some point, so leaving some breadcrumbs for, right. for Jorah and Daria. Right. They're going to say, hey, we found the Khaleesi's ring. Wow. That's very smart thinking on Danny's part. Yeah. Very, very a smart. Lot, a lot of foresight on Daenerys's part. Yeah. So what is that's, going- that's Chekhov's Hansel and Gretel ring? Yes. Uh, and what is, is that like Drogon's like bachelor pad that he brought her to? Is that like his house? <laughs> right. I mean, like he, it seems like it, like all of like his, you know, his proverbial crumbs and pizza boxes are scattered about, uh, you know, he's, he's just sitting upon a pile of like charred, uh, animals that he's probably been eating and he's just sleeping all day. Yeah. This seems to be where Drogon's been hanging out. Is Drogon hurt? Or he, he just doesn't want to leave. I think it, it looks like it's a combo. It doesn't look like he's feeling fantastic. Um, you know, and even Danny says, are you hurt? Does it hurt? Uh, so it looks like he's not feeling great about getting stabbed by all of the spears. Uh, I think that he's probably going to be okay from that. It seems like it would take a lot more than just a few spears to take Drogon down. Um, and again, I think you got to have to, you, you have to believe there's more business to do with uh with drogon than just letting him die of festering spear wounds um but i think it's that and i think it's also you don't tell drogon what to do drogon tells you when he's gonna fly when he's ready to go exactly all right so anything else from the episode before we jump into questions let's see uh we got into you know i think i think we're good i think we can start getting into some of these questions here okay and of course we're gonna have a feedback show this week right yeah okay Uh, later in the week yeah, let's we'll, we'll we'll put that in the books. We'll get a book club in the books, uh, and of course we're marching toward the Throners, Rob. It's happening again. 
Okay. And for people who are the uninitiated, how's that going to work? What is the uh, Throners, Josh? The Throners is the award show that we do here after a Game of Thrones season has ended. Uh, we will we will open up our poll. We will get our poll up sometime this week with a bunch of categories where you can vote for your favorite characters of the season, favorite storylines of the season, uh, seasons, uh, storylines you're looking forward to next season, all that good stuff. We'll, we'll reveal all of the winners uh, in a couple of weeks. We will have have uh, a very fun podcast to celebrate Game of Thrones and just one last look at Game of Thrones season five before we really hit the off season. So that's something you can look forward to in the near future. Okay. And just to mark your calendars, can I give out the date, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's Tuesday, hear it. June 30th. June 30th is going to be the Throners live here on postshowrecaps.com. So make sure to, to plan accordingly. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and start these questions up. Josh, what's our first question tonight? All right, let's get to this first question. It is from Tom DePlank. Uh, which was more convincing CGI, the Druber last week or the Cersei walk this week? Did you think there's CGI in the Cersei walk this week? Did they just have thousands of extras there? I mean, I didn't think that there was anything that uh, looked off to me in the Cersei walk. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked totally fine. Yeah. The That's Druber. Fine. I will vote the Druber, the Falcor scene from last week. <laughs> Devin Grove wants to know Ollie greatest character or great character the best character no Ollie come on you son of a bitch (laughs) how mad at Ollie are you right now are you furious just furious with him I mean who the hell is he he's some orphan that they let hang out at the wall and you know it's one thing that the men of the night's watch decide hey we're gonna do this coup we're gonna all get a shot in on Jon Snow and then Ollie is like uh, hey can I get it on this (laughs) I really hate the Lord Commander also I I don't like him either yeah he let the wildlings in but (laughs) why didn't you why didn't you ask me to stab Jon Snow but here's my question Josh why did Thorne let Jon Snow in um yeah if if all he's going to do is just end up stabbing him anyway great question like why let the wildlings on the other side of the wall yeah and then and then kill john snow yeah at that point don't you just like have one of your archers just like snipe john Mm. and like we saw john tell sam about the knight's king and everything like that like was there no scene where john snow like debriefed everybody and they're still like but you're a traitor, Jon Snow. Right. Well, I mean, we did get that scene uh, last week with Alistair Thorne saying to Jon something to the effect of, um, you've got a kind heart and it's going to get us all killed. Uh, so I feel like, um, you know, it, the, the sentiment was very much known that jo- what Jon did here was really unpopular. But did they not believe him? Like, I mean, why and why did Jon Snow not come back and be like, people are coming back from the dead. They're coming to kill us. There's an army of people that are coming to kill us all right now. There are skeletons, skeletons with swords. Yeah, I mean, they they really don't. Um, they they don't care. They don't care. You know, the, the hatred for the wildlings is just so deep seated among these guys that that's really all that they're thinking about. Well, they don't you, know, you don't you don't see uh, Ed among the people who are stabby, stab, stabbing John. You know, the people who were actually at hard home are not involved in this thing. And I think if these people were able to lay eyes on what happened north of the wall, it might be a different story. But a lot of the people who have gone north of the wall on Game of Thrones that we have seen have either not survived 
or are, you know, John and Sam and Ed. Uh, so like the Alistair Thorne, those people, they haven't seen White Walkers. They haven't had to encounter that stuff. So they they don't believe it and they don't like John to begin with. So it's all hearsay to these people and all they care about is what they've been trained to do, which is to protect the realm from wild things, basically. Um, so that's that's all that they care about. Uh, I, I agree with your point. Why, why let John through with these wildlings if you're just going to stab John anyway? Um, but as for the for the White Walker talk, I just I don't think there's any convincing these people until they see it themselves. And I mean, they will see it themselves. Yeah. There's well, they no all question suck. about that. They, they all suck. suck. They all suck. They're all hard. Can't wait until they all die. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> All right, what do we got next, Josh? All right, let's get a question from Timothy Kyle Tucker, who says, at this point, hasn't killing main characters for shock value just gotten expected? I mean, I'm more pissed that we wasted seasons on a now meaningless plot than a good character killed. Uh, what do you think about that, Rob? So let's let's take this at face value. Let's talk this through at face value. Let's well, who are they talking about? You think they're talking about Jon Snow? Or I, would, Thanos? I would assume Jon Snow. Uh, let's talk about it through Jon Snow, and let's just talk about it as though Jon Snow is absolutely 100% gone, is not going to be coming back. Okay. I actually think the question is more valid about it's about Stannis um, in terms of how much time we spent on his storyline for him to ultimately come up short. But in terms of Jon Snow, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, I mean, it's almost like, the, you know, Rob Stark 2.0. Right. Red Wedding 2. Yeah. Electric and, Boogaloo. And in that you feel like, okay, well, here's the son of Ned Stark that's going to go on to, you know, avenge everything and, and save the day. And then ultimately he's not going to. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. And I mean, the backlash to this when the book was released was pretty big. Uh, people were pissed about this and the, for for similar reasons of like we've I'm done pissed. this before i'm pissed yeah we you know we've done this before you've done you've done this to us before george why do you keep doing it why do you keep breaking all of our favorite toys uh you know i think that there that was really a feeling um when this storyline dropped uh however many years ago it's been now four or five years at this point um and if it if it really is that that John is just straight up dead and we've been building John up for all this just to get stabbed at the wall, that is it's kind of crappy. And may, maybe it is just too much for shock value. And that's why I don't think that that's where we are. It's why I feel like there's going to be some sucker punch here with the John thing. But maybe there won't be. And we'll have to deal with that. We'll have to see what that looks like. Um, as for as for the Stannis thing, does does Stannis die here? Does, does that really bother you with Stannis? No, it doesn't really bother me, but we invested a lot of time into Stannis. We did. A ton of time into Stannis. A lot of time, a lot of episodes. I mean, hours and hours and hours of screen time to him ultimately coming up short here without too much to show for what he did. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's that's unfortunate, too. But I think that Stannis' story, to me, felt like it got to the place that it was inevitably going to go anyway. That, you know, this is not going to be the guy. You know, Melisandre is wrong. This is not going to be the guy who saves the Seven Kingdoms. He believes it thoroughly to the point that he's willing to sacrifice um, everything that he values to do it. But he'll be wrong in the end. Um, and, I, I, you know, this it's a it's a it's a confirmation of all of that here with with his ending. And um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty OK with it. I think it's a pretty fitting end for Stannis. I'll tell you what I'm the most mad about is we make it through season five and all the Boltons are alive. They're all alive. So much Except so that Miranda. We, yeah, that we didn't even see. We didn't even bother with Roos Bolton tonight. You know, yeah. the, the finale was too good for Roos or Roos was too good for the finale. I don't know. He big time us on the finale. 
Oh my God. All right. What about uh, this next question here? And let's take this one from Katie D who wants to know, Oh, now the unsullied are going to keep the peace. (laughs) Where were you last week? Yeah. Now the unsullied are going to be in charge of Marine. Lots of thumbs down on the unsullied this season. I feel like from people. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, no, we'll see. Let's see. What, let's see how King Grey Worm does. I'm excited for King Grey Worm. You know, King we've made, first of his name. We've made fun of the the Misande Grey Worm stuff, but if they're if they're left in charge of Marine, if that's where we're going with them, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. I think that's fun. Yeah, watch out, paparazzi. There's a new royal couple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think that we're going to be obsessing about the royal baby, but um, I think you know I think it's a good ruling couple for now. Okay. Uh, let's take a question from Natalie. Whose story are you most looking forward to next season and whose story should they have spent more time on during the finale? So two questions. Let's the let's, Throners. Yeah. Uh, well, we will see in the Throners. I'm sure the, the whose story are you most looking forward to next season? That will be a Throners category. Um, but give, give us a preview. How, how you're feeling right now based on where the finale leaves us off. Which story are you most excited to return to? Well, I think that the biggest thing that we want to see is like, uh, is there a chance Jon Snow's not dead? I think that's the biggest thing we want to see. And and whereas last season, I felt like we walked out of season four with a lot of reason for optimism. I don't feel like we walk out of season five with that same reason to, oh man, like things are really looking good for our heroes now because the season four ended with Arya off to Bravos. We're like, okay, here we go. She's going to Bravos. We felt like, all right, here's Tyrion and Varys. They're about to go off on a road trip. And you felt like, okay, Sansa, she's got the power of veto now. Here comes the new empowered Sansa. And this season does not have too many things to be pumped up about on the way out. It's bleak right now. Um, and, you, you know, it's a bleak show to begin with, but things look really grim right now. We ended on a dark note this season. Uh, it was a pretty grim season anyway, uh, but it didn't end on a high note. So what we're looking forward to next season is basically anything happier than what we just saw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically anything will hopefully be a, a, a step towards a more positive direction. Cause that was a very, very bummer, bummer, bummer. Ending, big bummer uh, of an ending here. Okay. What about Dave? All right. Dave Backer writes in, what didn't shock you tonight? Um, Rob, is there anything from this episode that you just saw coming? Anything that you weren't surprised to see? Uh, let's see. What did I see coming? Well, I feel like the uh, Marcella thing I kind of saw coming. Once, once you know, you you have uh, that long kiss on the lips. I said, "Uh oh, I think I know where this is going." Especially, and then once she starts having that nice moment with Jamie, I feel like, yeah. uh, and then the music shifted. I said, "Here we go." She got the poison ivy treatment. Oh boy, she should have yeah. been wearing uh, the rubber lips like Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Yeah. So that would be the one thing I think I saw most coming. Yeah, that feels fair. Uh, I think once once she plants that kiss, you're like, oh, great. Freaking hilarious sand. No, she sucks. She sucks. Classic. She sucks. I All was right. hoping she wasn't going to wipe the lipstick off, but then she was just like, okay, well, Prince Doran is going to kill me anyway, so I might as well just, like, you know, fall on my sword here. And she's bleeding through the nose and is so casual about drinking that antidote, like taking her time. Take forever with that antidote. 
Yeah, you would think that once the boat got out of the way, that it should be like, boy, quick, give me the antidote. Let me, yeah. <laughs> let me drink this. Like, uh, let me, let me let it soak in. Yeah, but she really took her time with that. She's so cool, calm, and collective. That that hilarious end. All yeah. right, this is a question from No Lies. Game of Thrones is always great, but do you think season five was the weakest season thus far? Rob, we've talked about this uh, in the feedback show, uh, yeah. where where we would be ranking the seasons. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that you had it ranked as as three, four, one, five, two. Yes. Uh, does that hold or does the finale tonight, does it sink it lower than two for you? No, I think it's going to be exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I agree. Right three, now, I four, agree. one, five, two. But it's in the bottom half for sure. But even yeah. the bottom half season of Game of Thrones, I think is better than most shows out there. Still great. Still, still great. Still great. Even Absolutely. season two is still great. Absolutely. Um, all right. Jennifer Grasso writes in. So are we expecting Jamie to turn that ship around now that Marcella is dead? Great. Another season in Dorn. Um, yeah. So what is what is Jamie's immediate next move? Well, I think keep going. Just keep going. Now you've got a hostage. Yeah, now we got a hostage. Now Braun take him prisoner and just go back because yeah. if they if they killed Marcella, like you would believe that they're gonna kill you guys too. Right. Just like keep punching Tristane in the face over and over and over again. All the way through to King's Landing. Just like don't stop punching him. Yeah. And I think that maybe even Tristane isn't gonna be like confrontational about the whole thing and he's going to be really upset and they're going to be really upset and so they're going to be like you know who did this it had to have been I mean that hilarious sand is in the room with everybody and they're like uh, to King Tommen and she's taking a cup of wine and pouring it out on the floor I think everybody has to know who did this it's gotta be pretty well known I just I feel like the blowback still is going to hit Dorn you know she's basically doomed Dorn by, by doing what she did uh, I mean, it's not the worst idea to go back and be like look what she did yeah. this wasn't us <laughs> yeah but i don't want to watch that because i want to go right back to dorn yeah well i don't think things are so hell out of there jamie get going i don't think things are so hot in king's landing right now either yeah but it seems like cersei could use her brother right now yeah okay she could use her uh, if although you know and if they don't go back i don't know how we still continue that story in dorn Right. Um, yeah. Who's who are who's our POV there? Are we going to just hang out with Doran Martell? I don't yeah. know. Josh, in regard to the books, is that at the same spot or that's or the, that things are so different? The, the Doran situation is just so different. It's hard to say. OK. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's a question in from our good buddy, uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick, who writes, can we get an over under on if Brienne did it? Uh, I assume did it means kill. Had sex with pod. Had sex with pod. Probably not. I feel like we would have made a bigger deal out of that. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's 95%. I think I would, I would say it's about 90, 90%. 90. Okay. It's, it's pretty, pretty, it seems, I don't know. I don't know why we would, um, you know, just come back from this to find that she didn't kill Stannis. I I feel like Stannis' story is over. I don't know what more there is to do with him. Yeah. Okay. What about R Philly who says, uh, was Arya's revenge scene as satisfying to you guys as it was for me? Or was the brutality of it and her blinding too much? Um, I mean, it was disgusting. (laughs) 
it was it was really really gross uh and super super violent one of the most gruesome things i think we've ever seen on the show was the way that she killed marin trant um having said that uh couldn't have happened to a nicer guy you know I, the, the, it's certainly the the person on the receiving end of that murder uh was by game of thrones standards a guy you would you know really like to see uh wind up dead um so i i thought i was grossed out by it but i would be lying if i said i didn't enjoy it tremendously yeah he's a lousy guy marin Trant. he is yeah and boy it's gonna be a long ride home for mace tyrell by himself <laughs> he's just gonna be stuck at bravos forever just <laughs> singing with the iron bank bravos is gonna send him back <laughs> they're yeah they're gonna be out on mace tyrell pretty fast i think all right, let's do what, two more questions? Sure, let's take a couple more. This is from B. Pepper. Hey, great season finale, but I was wondering your thoughts on the happenings with Littlefinger or the Tyrells. Yeah, we don't see either of those. We don't see, speaking of Mace Tyrell, uh, we don't see Mace. We haven't seen Marjorie in a while. Uh, we haven't seen Littlefinger in a while. Were you surprised that we didn't get check-ins on either of those? Yeah, Littlefinger, we don't see him again the rest of the season. And we saw, I, I think at the time it happened, we are like, okay, how long until we see Littlefinger back in the Erie? And we said, what, one episode? But then we don't right. see him again the rest of the season. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a shame uh, that, that we didn't get too much out of Littlefinger this, uh, this back half of season five. But do we assume he sticks to the plan <laughs> and then goes ahead and brings in the guys from the Erie to go to Winterfell now? Because I feel like Stannis' guys didn't do too much damage over there. Right. Um, you kind of think so, because somehow Littlefinger has to reconnect with Sansa. Um, that would be the way to do it. Sansa and Theon, assuming they're not just like mush on an icicle uh, somewhere that they're just not, uh, you know, completely flattened. You got to imagine that she's going to reconnect with Littlefinger at some point. So that would be that would be a really good way to make that happen. OK, yeah. Uh what about this one? Uh, this is funny. Daniel Cuevas says, why did Drogon pull a Charizard? Uh, do you know what that means, Rob? I do not. Charizard is a Pokemon uh, who is originally, uh, his original form is Charmander. Charmander quickly evolves into Charmeleon and then quickly evolves into his third form, Charizard, which is like a dragon version of the very cute Pokemon he starts out as. Uh, but he evolves so fast that he becomes completely unruly and Ash Ketchum can't control him anymore. It's mm. very similar to what happened with Danny and Drogon. Yeah. Boy, if there was only like some like pop culture version of Jeopardy that we could get you on, <laughs> I really feel like you could clean up. I'm very, I'm, I'm endlessly impressed. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, I have, uh, I have a lot of spare time, I guess. I okay. As if we play like some sort of pop culture trivial pursuit, I want you on my team. I don't, <laughs> I feel like I would do well if it's about Sex of the City, Never Ending Story, and Pokemon. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know how much I can bring to the table. <laughs> Those will be the 10 categories in the Billy Madison <laughs> competition. Right. Okay. Uh, what about Natalie? Natalie uh, wants to know. Would you like to have seen something resolved with Marjorie Sterling? We haven't seen right. her in the last three episodes. Right, yeah. Uh, we, we talked about this. I, I don't know. It was, it was a bummer that we didn't get to see more Marjorie. Uh, Natalie Dormer is so fantastic on the show. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. Sounds like the story is not closed on that. You know, there's this trial Cersei's going to go through potentially coming up. Um, you would figure that Marjorie will be involved with that in some capacity. Hey, by the way, this atonement stuff, is this how Lancel Lannister got the short haircut? Yeah, did they just like rip his hair out? Maybe it's possible. 
Yeah. Okay. One one last question. All right. This is from uh, Unicorn Strass. Unicorn writes in, can TV only people now listen to book club episodes or are there other topics, issues that would spoil us? It's a great uh, question. I, I don't know. Let, let me, let me meditate on that a bit. I don't, I don't, I think that you're fine. I, I mean, we talk about it from, from the, we talk about the show from the perspective of reading the books. Um, so we're hung up on little book details that never make it onto the show that um, maybe you're going to go over people's heads. But as far as spoiling any major plot points, it's really, you know, the, the big one we've been talking about was Jon Snow, um, the Cersei walk of shame. A lot of that stuff has happened already. Um, so I think, I think that you're mostly okay, but I really wouldn't recommend it unless you read the books. Cause I think that you're, you're still missing out a little bit. Uh, if you, just haven't if you haven't read it from that perspective and i just strongly rec- listen we're going into a long off season go read the books you can do that okay. well there's i a- finished book three so you yeah. recommend go forward with four and five yeah there's there's little tiny things that have not happened on the show yet that happen in four and five but they aren't super major and they're going to be different on the show there's a couple of major things that have not made it onto the show but i don't think that they ever are going to make it onto the show um i think that basically all of the major stuff that has happened in the books is on the show or is just not going to happen on the show ever. I recommend everybody read the books at this point. And at this point, is the sixth book going to come out before Game of Thrones season six? Oh boy, I hope so. I really do. Um, you know, it's it's been a while. The, the fifth book came out in 2011. Um, it took a long time between books four and five for book five to drop. It's starting to look like that is the length of time between five and six. Uh, George R. R. Martin has said that he wants to get book six out. He's He's really dedicated to getting book six out before season six. But we'll see. We'll see. What do you think the chances are? Give us uh, my my hunch is yes. I I do think that book six will be here before season six, but I'm an optimist. Uh, that's an optimistic point of view. I, ask, Never be an optimist about you, Game of Thrones. You know, ask so many other people and they'll give you a completely different answer. So my my feeling is, yeah, we'll get book six before season six. I I believe in George. Uh, I have I have faith in George, but uh, faith militant in George R. R. Martin. So we'll see. But who knows? We will we will we will wait and we will find out. And I my fingers will be crossed all the way. Okay. All right. So here we go. Book club coming up this week to close out season five plus our feedback show. Get your feedback in to post show recaps at, uh, I'm sorry, post show recaps.com slash voicemail and also at GOT at post show recaps.com. And then the countdown to the throners is on two weeks from Tuesday. Yeah, June thirtieth. Put in your calendars. We will have uh, we will have the polls ready for you uh, at throners.com, uh, thethroners.com as well. Uh, those will be up later this week. Okay, so much to do. Uh, Josh, anything else coming up on Post Show Recaps you want to tell people about this week? Well, I mean, Game of Thrones is leaving the airwaves here, but uh, HBO is going to have True Detective coming back on Sunday night starting next week, and we are going to be podcasting True Detective here on Post Show Recaps. Audio-only podcasts, those are going to be recorded on Monday nights, so, so we'll have plenty of time after an episode of True Detective ends to get everybody's questions in, and we are going to be recording a preview show about True Detective later this week, and it is going to be myself, uh, the great Antonio Mazzaro, and uh, his Boardwalk Empire pal, and uh, Mad Men expert, Jeremiah Panhorst. We're going to be a three-headed True Detective team recapping the season all season long, so those recaps will begin next week, and we'll have a preview show coming your way later this week. 
A couple of other things. Also, our Orange is the New Black coverage has kicked off with Jessica Lee and Taylor Cotter. You can check those out at postshowrecaps.com. We've also got an iTunes feed up uh, for that as well. Also, I will be bringing you coverage of the premiere of another HBO show. I don't know if you tuned into Game of Thrones early, but they went like wall to wall of upcoming HBO shows. Yes. Just like uh, like 10 minutes straight of promo. And their for, stuff, yeah. Yes, I will bring you a review and a recap of the premiere of Ballers on HBO starring Dwayne Johnson. Wow. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's going to be on the podcast? No, no. So I'm going to bring you that uh, next week uh, with Antonio. So we're going to we're going to talk about that. We haven't scheduled uh, when we're going to do it, but we're going to watch the premiere and talk about it. I look forward to that. I think that'll be very fun. Yes. All right. And a lot of promos for the leftovers too tonight. Yeah, um, there's no premiere date for The Leftovers yet, but whenever The Leftovers comes back, Antonio and I, we will be podcasting the crap out of that. We will not leave you behind. Okay, so it's all up on postshowrecaps.com. Plenty of stuff going on there this summer. Josh, we need a hashtag for the finale show. Oh, man. Um, do you have any any suggestions? Anything written down, Rob? I don't. Anything I don't. other than just super sad emoticons about Jon Snow, possibly, maybe, probably, who knows, being dead? Snowdicons. Snowdicons. <laughs> uh, what would yeah, we send us to? send us your happy snowdicons or sad snowdicons, depending on whether or not you think Jon Snow has made it. <laughs> All right. Let us know. Let us know. Okay. Josh, great stuff this season. All right. You as well, Rob. It's it's been a blast and it's not over yet. All right. And thanks so much to everybody who tuned into these shows live after the episodes. It's so much fun that we get to do this. I appreciate it. We have uh, over 500 people watching this live. Uh, biggest show of the season for us. So thank you guys so much. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. You can subscribe to our Game of Thrones podcast feed at postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. Have a great night, everybody. And let us know what you think on postshowrecaps.com. Take care, everybody. Bye.